because in order to protect this very vulnerable crop mm-hmm. which was made soft which was years. made soft it there are wild strawberries endemic to california that are even more delicious but they're about the size of a small pendant or earring Hello, for variety purposes, this is a different intro than usual. Welcome to the Armin Show, episode 204. We're in the place to be. We have a guest on this episode. Who is our guest today? Simone Albuquerque. Hello. Simone is in the place. Albuquerque is a city. Now you know more. Simone, glad to have you on here. Now, I'm providing context lately. How do I know of Simone? Simone, through past guest of what episode? Who knows? Rachel in the building. How do you know Rachel. Uh, we went to college together, but we didn't study the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we did intermittently, but yeah. This is, this is good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> now, you have an interest in learning and being a student. Where does that come from? I think that I'm currently pursuing a series of questions, mm-hmm. and academia is one of the spaces that holds a lot of answers. Um but also a lot of answers are on farms mm-hmm. and the minds of farm workers and farmers and um, in restaurants mm-hmm. and in kitchens. Mm-hmm. And in all the real over. places. Yeah. Land trusts. Land trusts. Et cetera. You mentioned farms. So farming is a big deal. It is a chunk of our wonderful nation, chunk of the world. Without food, I can't move. So... How did you get into farming as an interest and what are you currently doing in relation to farming? Well, farming is also one of the most ecologically destructive activities, human activities on earth. How's that? It creates pollution. um, It releases carbon from sequestered carbon in the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, We do... We create synthetic uh, ingredients to feed our food in the ground, and and those things in turn leak into our um, wild ecosystems and unbalance them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of destruction and um, land conversion that goes along with farming. Um, The type of farming I study is agroecology and organic agriculture, which focuses on how can we create food while conserving natural resources and promoting renewable resources and regenerative cycles. Mm -hmm. What are some good habits that farmers could do or currently do that other farmers don't? I actually, I have no answers. Mm -hmm. I, as an ecologist, study for the past four years Mm -hmm. as an educator and before that a couple years as an ecologist, I've more studied uh, what are the complex interactions among species that are happening in farms and gardens Mm -hmm. and also what are the injustices that are also happening in farms and gardens. Injustices are happening in farms and gardens. That's a different category of injustice. What are some of the injustices that are happening in the farming category? I mean, farms and gardens are beautiful, and you can look at a lot of gardens. You're going to go to our idyllic spaces of food production and community. And, and colors. Yeah. Um, and biodiversity. Uh, there's a lot of great things going on in them. 
And then also in farms, we have social structures that aren't great for farm workers. They aren't great for soil architecture, water resources. Um, in California alone, we have um, historic laws that allocate land inequitably and water rights inequitably. So that all relates back to farming. I think more what I've been working on are questions about as an educator and an eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's an eater. I also eat. Do you eat as yes. well? Great. And maybe some of the people who are listening to this also eat, I would Oop. imagine. Good percentage. Yeah. More so what I'm asking is like, as I'm eating, what am I eating and am mm-hmm. I enjoying it? And how good is it for me? And also, how much did the person who grew it make? Do they make a livable income? Do mm-hmm. they live off what they're making? Are they required to interface with pesticides and poisons? Are they required to do backbreaking labor for not um, good pay with no health benefits? So those, yes. And can I taste that in my food? Yeah, probably. You can taste it in your food. I think you can taste it. Yeah. It's like oh, this is yuck. It's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you know though. Once you ask, otherwise it's a little bit anonymous tasting, that mm-hmm. kind of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now, do you know of any common pesticides that are used regularly that are messed up? Yeah. So, uh, do you like strawberries? They're great. Fraises. Yeah. They're fresas. They're so good. Fraises. And here in California, in Watsonville, we grow um, a lot of the world's strawberries. Uh-huh. Uh in Watsonville and in Santa Cruz and Pescadero uh-huh. and um, Central Coast and Central California. Mm-hmm. Um, but methyl bromide is one of the most uh, common ways to grow uh, strawberries. CH2BR. Yeah. So picture if. Uh, BR2, did you ever sorry. see that movie Babies? No. I didn't see it either. Office but it's space. the idea that things that are grown, beings that are grown in different environments, are hardier or not as hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and strawberries have been babied so much so that they can't fend for themselves anymore didn't know that so methyl bromide is this toxic poison we we pour on them because basically everything can eat strawberries Mm -hmm. funguses bacterias insects birds and so it makes them really hard to grow Mm -hmm. we use this chemical but the chemicals also a carcinogen for strawberry farm workers Mm -hmm. And uh, they have lowered life expectancy because they interface with this disgusting chemical mm-hmm. daily. Uh, so organic strawberry agriculture is pretty novel and beautiful mm-hmm. and also really difficult because in order to protect this very vulnerable crop... Mm-hmm. Which was made soft. Which was made soft. It, mm-hmm. There are wild strawberries endemic to California that are even more delicious, but they're about the size of a small pendant or earring, Ah. very small. Okay. Um, So in order to grow them organically, you have to use netting and plastic and it's a highly intensive crop. And so the cost of a basket of strawberries goes from $2.50 to $4.50, sometimes $6. And so then it becomes an equity issue for the consumer. Like who can afford organic strawberries? And also, humanitarian-wise, who can afford not to eat organic strawberries? Oh, snap. It's a double-sided coin. It's tricky. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's one fruit. That's just one. One story. Each fruit has its own story. Like, bananas are yellow. They are yellow. 
It's fascinating. Yes? Yeah. I'm good at also. And as well, bananas are, there's only like one type. There's one species. And it's, you have to keep it alive or else we lose bananas. Yes. That's messed up. Nuts. What can you tell us in the nuts department? Because who doesn't like these things? Pecans, I love walnuts, nuts. Yeah, almonds. almonds. Yeah. Almonds are big in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What should we know about the nuts? Well, there's a native nut to mm-hmm. California. There's native walnuts oh. or bay nuts, bay trees. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen a bay tree with its smell? Does that leaves? have bay leaves? Is that mm-hmm. where bay leaves come from? Yeah. So it has delicious bay nuts that you can roast and eat. But then there are almonds, which um, are growing all over California and take copious amounts of water, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really make sense in a dry chaparral desert state. Where should almonds be grown? Pop pop quiz trivia. That's a really good question. Anyone out there know? Call us right now. Like a tropical paradise? Is that how this radio thing works? If imagine. Call in. Calling the Armin Show. We might get an answer in the next two weeks. Uh huh. Okay, great. Great. So mm-hmm. somewhere maybe tropical or there's water flowing. Somewhere with a lot more water. Right. Yeah. We don't have that. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's inefficient. So why is it grown here? Because it's local to like transport it, something like that. Um, I don't know. I think Business? that's a really interesting question. Why is it grown here? Mm. I think some people have more water rights than other people, so mm-hmm. their pumping fees are lower and they can afford to do water intensive crops mm-hmm. because the value of that crop is not based on what it took to grow it. Mm-hmm. It's based on um it's based on how much people want it. Uh-huh. So supply demand. Supply and demand. With strawberries, the cool thing is that so many people want strawberries Mm -hmm. that there's that constant demand. It it makes it a market where it makes sense to figure out how to grow strawberries organically Mm -hmm. because there will be consumers who want to buy those strawberries. And Mm -hmm. slowly the market can shift and we can have affordable organic strawberries Mm -hmm. if research allows. Mm -hmm. So we're working on that. There's a secret mustard seed um, natural pesticide people are coming up with right now. Um, but for almonds, that's a real question. Like as we plant, um, grapes and almonds and, um, when we pick the crops that we grow, are we thinking about native species of California Mm -hmm. species that wouldn't necessarily need irrigation? Um, especially as we get our aquifers are getting drained. So anyone who has a well in California and experienced the drought knows that their well got pretty close to empty. Mm. Um, That happened. Most likely, depending on their water source. Mm. And so it's if we don't have the water coming into our groundwater systems, into our aquifers, Mm -hmm. um, or steady rainflow, which... Mm -hmm. um, we know is also changing to get rain all at once. Right. So it's harder to capture it. Um, then we really should be shifting to crops that are going to be less water intensive. That makes sense. Yeah. Now you have some experience directly with farms and or farming. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm not a farmer. I, um, am a gardener, but Uh I am an educator. So I have, I interview people with different sources and I bring all these different opinions together to create narratives around um, food justice and our food sheds um, and watersheds because they overlap. So 
because um, it's all connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Is water the biggest issue in California? Is there anything larger? Is pesticide a bigger issue than water? Mm, they're overlapping, right? Because those who use pesticides um, pollute our waterways. Right. Um, but yeah, I think water is a huge issue. Um, there are some really cool things happening with water right now or the potential for um, more sustainable systems. What's one of that? One of them is that the groundwater, Sustainable Groundwater Management Act was just passed, mm-hmm. which calls for every county in California to have a sustainable groundwater system, meaning that when it rains, water goes down into the ground and refills aquifers instead of getting washed out into the ocean and becoming mm. salt water um, or washing around cities and be just becoming polluted water. It's kept. It's captured, yes. That's a nice feature. It's a beautiful idea, isn't it? Well, yes. Then it's like organized and then you're managing. Then all we need to do is seed the clouds and we're good. Right. Especially as we melt our our snow melts mm-hmm. and our ice um, melts and we don't have that reliable um, input onto our surface water, it's important to keep refilling our groundwater as it's mm-hmm. protected from the elements. Right. Yeah. But the only thing is we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to do that. No. Most places in California have not had sustainable groundwater systems. We just pull and pull and pull as much as we need wherever we need it. Mm -hmm. And almost every county in California pulled water from another area. And so the idea that there's just this, you know, Southern California, Los Angeles is a big debate because they get their water from northern watersheds from Mono Lake. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a big contentious thing but if you look at every county they pull from other areas Mm -hmm. and so we need equitable water systems not just in big desert cities but we need them all over across yeah santa cruz county is an exception though huh santa cruz county yeah what causes you to know a little bit more about santa cruz county do you have any experience yeah i might i might live there yeah what is something somebody should know about that area that is neat or different or interesting or variety. Sometimes you can find these rocks with pretty shells in them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Or glass on the beaches that are really pretty. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. green glass? Yeah, like mermaid glass. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a throwback to episode 97, Malibu Rocks episode, where I talked about rocks I found at Malibu Beach. They were good. <laughs> I found good rocks at Malibu Beach. Yeah, it's always worth looking. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you can polish them if you have a rock polisher. And then your rocks are now really good rocks that's shiny and such. Yeah. The other thing about Santa Cruz County, this might be in Pajaro Valley, but they are um, they're creating a really cool water system there. They did research on their rocks and the water flows underground. Mm-hmm. And they're creating economic incentives for landowners to build they kind of look like dry riverbeds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spaces in which when it rains, instead of running off uh, like it would on asphalt or making mud like it would in a clay area, it's more sandy and the water percolates down deep into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this refills our groundwater. So landowners um, are incentivized to build those and then by getting decreased water pumping costs mm. when they to grow food or whatever they're doing on their property. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, it's a cool system. 
Yes. And this is better than things that have high fructose corn syrup and aren't actually made from any sort of source. They just are produced like plastic. Like corn? Yeah. Corn products? Corn with high fructose. Yeah, well, I guess that's high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. And then just some sort of flavoring and then sugar. And then here's your packaged good. Yeah. What if we only grew edible corn? That was edible in its raw state. Right. And didn't need to be processed industrially. That would be a very different country we'd live in. Mm -hmm. Right. But that would take out the profit making out of it. So it'd be a very, very different country. Well, the corn industry is subsidized anyway. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a false profit. Right. So we could just subsidize a different industry. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe. It's like somebody um, who is a big religious figure but was a fake. It's a false profit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Set that one up. Now. Wait, where's our drum set? But I'm. Oh, but there it was. You heard it here. Now, one thing came to mind right now. I want to link back to recent content and to current. So, this is something great. I'm bringing this in the future too. Episode two hundred one talks about dopaminergic uh, personality versus uh, HNN based. Which are you more along the lines of like a. Do things to get it done, purpose driven all the time, or like hang out, watch the game. Where do you lean in this spectrum? Things are always a spectrum. Where do I sit on that spectrum? Yes. I um, am very uncomfortable when porch sitting most of the time. I will take in the view, rearrange my cushions, drink what's sitting next to me, and then try and figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you lean more on the. Purpose driven. Nergic. Yeah. That. Yes, definitely. More on that side. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Now, which I am also, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned that on that episode, but that I lean in that direction. Or I'm heavy. I mean, I am that direction. I'm the end of that spectrum. 203, we had a DJ, a radio show. If you had a radio show, what would it be about? Mm. Now, it's not his radio show, it's, it's for public channel, but what might it be? I might try being a country singer. Okay. Yeah. All right, this is your moment. Here we go. And scene. Oh, God, no. I'm not ready to have my own radio show. No, 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 not today. That's not really a country voice, but (laughs) if you work on it, it's on the way. But that's something you would do, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or um, poetry. Right. Maybe a mix of both, because that seems a little much. Now, one thing, though, country music is more in the affiliative or the here and now, the opposite of dopaminergic because it's more casual. Mm. So you're preferring of that, but you're more about getting things done. Do they match in any form or do you have internal conflict? Well, isn't any music dopaminergic for the musicians? Yes. Because they're busy, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Mm. That's a great point. Because the maker is... Yeah, the okay. listener versus the maker. Right. The listener... Okay. Cleared that one up. <laughs> yeah, because the listener of country music is more likely to be that. The yeah. maker is probably a... I got to make my next song, make my next tour there. I'm not there Nashville. yet, but I want to be like the next John Faye. John Faye? Yeah, I don't know how to play yet, but I imagine, yeah, I can work toward it. That's great. On my radio show. Nice. Mm-hmm. John Faye. Shout out to performer, maker John Faye. Mm-hmm. Books. I always throw this in. Do you read any books? What category? Do you like any books? I do like books. Mm-hmm. What am I reading now? Mm-hmm. Good question. Tending or, the Wild's a really good one by MCAT Anderson. Nonfiction. Nonfiction. Yes. It sounded like a fiction title. Tending the Wild? Tending the Wild. It's the history of California and indigenous uh, groups and how they tended the land. 
Oh. Uh, yes, and how you can find that through anthrop- anthropological records, through historical narratives, um, through people today telling stories. So that's a cool read. When you see very lands- dense. It's dense. Mm-hmm. Huh. If you see like a landscape, do you think of what it once was, or do you just look at it as it is with like buildings and such? Yeah, you know those um, rolling hills that are pretty typical in California and you just see some epic oak tree sitting all by itself Uh amongst all these grasses that may have totally died back or are verdant in the winter. Mm -hmm. I think of those as tended orchards of acorns. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's true entirely, but um, there are tribes in California who uh, prune oak boughs so that they grow low to the ground they're beautiful if you ever see them they're great to climb on Mm -hmm. so the boughs grow low to the ground and they're well tended and the spaces around them are cleared Mm -hmm. and they've been cleared through burning so they burn those areas every three to five years Mm -hmm. to clear all the brush and all of the shrubs like one of the most famous native species is poison oak Oh. Which you may have met before. Yeah, yeah, like, ah, this hurt. Yeah, and California is overridden with poison oak right Mm -hmm. now. Um, But it would burn to the ground in those fires. And the calcium and phosphorus in its branches and in all of its structure would disintegrate. And then in the rains, they would feed the trees. So the trees, California oaks, their bark is more calcium. It's closer to, like, bone structure than it is to, like, a leaf structure mm-hmm. there's a lot of calcium in it so ah. yeah that's Would've a beautiful that. thing i think about have you ever made acorn meal by the way you, made, you mentioned acorn have you like mushed it in a mortar and pestle yeah and mm-hmm. soaked it and gotten all the tannins out yes yeah and then you can grind it and make flour and you can make pancakes Mm-hmm. delicious information for the listeners flour recently found out is basically that whatever the thing is grinded so it could be anything flour the more you know almond flour that or other ones wheat buckwheat buckwheat flour they're all types of rice flour right there's a few of them now that's cool it was a non-fiction book but it kind of sounded like a possible fiction title tending the wild right that's really dramatic and kind of yeah it sounds like that one where never mind go on which one where I lost my train of thought. Oh, the yeah, there's a popular book that's a fiction book and like sounds similar mm-hmm. into the wild. But that's not fiction, is it? I think so. Oh, okay. If the book is really popular, it was fiction every time. Just some information, unless it's a biography. That category can I be. I thought popular. it was an autobiography. That could occur. That could occur. <laughs> True that. Now, I want to add this element. If you had a message to present to all people. There was a sentence that represents you in a sentence. What might that be? Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like a message that is what you would want to tell all 7.6 billion people of the planet right now in their language. Because if it was just English, a lot of them are like, what? So what might you be telling all of them at the same time through their time zone? Because they mm. all have different time zones. And it's like a sentence. It represents something that resonates with you as a person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought of this one, so how about this? Great. Magnolia's bloom. Mm-hmm. 
many, 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 many super moons uh-huh. looking out the window. It's a haiku. Snap. <laughs> that was a haiku right there. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many. And it's very present moment. Right. So I guess it's emblematic of me right now. Right. But it'll change. On the spot, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Not something that is so pre-generated, which is way more common. Mm. It says something. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not comfortable with that kind of thing where it's, no, I didn't prepare this. I am now nervous because it was not prepared for the moment. But what is life? But this is an impromptu interview. So nothing nothing we've said has been pre-prepared. Mm-hmm. But is any interview not impromptu? I mean, there... Well, would, I don't know. We could write. We could write our answers out, and then we could pass them back and forth, mm-hmm. editing out the inappropriate and possibly needing fact-checking comments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be anything. Nobody resonates with something that's so generated. And I would just connect that with maybe an Instagram picture that's perfect. Everybody just scrolls by because they've seen it. Yeah, this doesn't have like Oslo tint to it. Oslo tint. This is tint. like no filter. No filter, which is what life was the whole time. Simone, I want to say this is wonderful to have had you on this episode 204 of the Armin Show podcast. Glad for you to be on here. Sweet. Thank you for having me. You know it. And we are out.